Uh, Rabbi Steve Berg, of course, uh, Simon Wiesenthal Center. He is here in Jerusalem. A pleasure to welcome you here. Thank you so much. Thank you for being here. Simon Wiesenthal Center does have some big plans for this city. Oh, very big. Yeah. Uh, up, update at this point? Big, or? big time construction. Yeah, we're uh, less than two years away from the grand opening of our uh, third museum here, right here in the heart of Yushalayim. And is there anything we could see at this point? Like, would the average passerby know what's going on? Or yeah, not? I mean, you walk by, there's constant construction. Constant construction going on now, and it's right behind the plaza, kind of between the plaza and David Citadel, in front of uh, the Waldorf, right there. Huge construction project. Uh, we'll have a thousand-person amphitheater there. I mean, it's just going to ah, be an so amazing it's further place. down from the park. Right next to I'm Ben I'm looking Yehuda. at the wrong place. Now right. I understand. Kind of at the end, yeah. And that whole area is going to be this incredible museum. It's incredible, yeah. All right, and we'll get more updates, of course, as time goes by. You've brought with us, or you've brought for us a special guest. Roy Cho is here. It's his first visit to Israel. He's actually going to be on the ballot in September, November? In November. In November. <laughs> in New you know, I'm a New Yorker. It all happens in September. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, in District Number 5 uh, for the United States Congress, United States House of Representatives. Uh, that uh, includes Teaneck and Bergenfield and Fairlawn, towns that are very, very familiar to us here at JM and the AM. Roy Cho, welcome to JM and the AM. Thank you so much for having me. Imagine that we're meeting for the first time here in Jerusalem. It's amazing. I'm when so did you happy arrive here. here? Just this morning, just a few hours ago. All right. Any initial impressions? Not uh, a bad-looking place, huh? Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful. It is absolutely remarkable. I mean, you can't, you can't make this up how incredible it is here it's today. Gorgeous. And it's like this every day, especially during the summer. And the sun is shining, and the weather's beautiful, and the uh, temperature seems to be perfect, and you get to enjoy it with all of us. Thank you for being here. There are a lot of people who are government officials and aspiring government officials who don't make the time to come here at a time like this. And frankly, members of our own community, as we've been saying all morning, sometimes find an excuse to avoid Israel at a time like this. It's amazing to have someone like yourself, a high-profile figure now in the political scene in Bergen County, to come and show support for Israel. Oh, thank you so much. I'm honored to be here, so I really appreciate that. Uh, this message of solidarity, is it one that you could take back with you? Do you think that you could convince tens or hundreds of people to make the same trip and to come and enjoy Jerusalem? Absolutely. I think that especially now, given everything that's happening over here, I thought that it was really important for me to be able to come out here and show support. Um, so I'm just really happy to be here. So. On your itinerary today, you're going to be heading to the city of Road. Yes, I am. Now, you never know with the enemy. Because there's a ceasefire right now, so things could be quiet, and obviously we pray that they are. But if, God forbid, they decide to uh, to start things up again, you're going to be in Stay Road. You might actually see one of the most important mm-hmm. mechanisms with, that has uh, that has been supported by the United States Congress in action. That's, of course, Iron Dome. First of all, I'm sure you're mesmerized like we are by the mm-hmm. entire thing, how, how the whole thing operates which is amazing. And thank God there's United States Congress support for it. I would hope that that's something that you would bring with you and continue as a tradition in Congress once you're there. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is, um, from the United States perspective, in terms of what we can do to really show support, I think it really comes down to federal dollars and the fact that we have you know, a, a commitment to provide you know, $3.1 billion you know, every, every fiscal year, uh, allocated $440 million that goes specifically towards Iron Dome. Um, I recognize the critical importance of it. Actually, just about a year ago, I went to a Young Leadership Conference, a gala, in New York City, and um, it was sponsored by the Young Leadership Board of APAC. 
And um, I was able to see this incredible presentation that the chief engineer of Iron Dome gave. And they had this this video that I saw that was one of the more impressive things that I've seen. It was this wedding celebration that was going on and rockets basically being fired over. And just it was really, really impressive just to be able to see the incredible technology that goes into this really, really important project. So, yeah, we were joking earlier that now instead of uh, running for shelter, some people go to the roof to take pictures of it. That's how reliable it's been. Uh, it really is incredible. All right, wh- why run for Congress? You know, some people are down on uh, on running for Congress. You know, yeah, uh, that's some, right. Some people would question: Does somebody want to be exposed to the whole election process and the whole campaigning process? Why did you decide to run in the fifth district in New Jersey? Sure, I think um, you're right. I think you have a tremendous amount of cynicism right now, based upon what government hasn't been able to do. Uh, we have historically now one of the most least productive Congresses in history. I think even Harry Truman's famous Do Nothing Congress from 1948 was able to send 900 bills to the president's desk, and this one is sending luck. And they'll be lucky to crack 100. So I think realistically, there's a tremendous amount of dysfunction and gridlock. And people ask me all the time, you know, why do you want to run? And I think the reality is for me, you know, my parents are immigrants. They came over here from South Korea in 1982. And my father was able to start a business because of a loan that he secured through the New Jersey Economic Development Authority, and which is how he got his foothold in and started an American business. So I think from a very young age, my parents have made it clear to my family, my sister and I, that you know what happens in government at the local, state, and federal level, this stuff actually matters. There's a human tangible impact to what either happens or doesn't happen in government. And I think that a lot of that has really been lost, I think, in the discourse and the political dysfunction. So, Having a family background from Korea, how does that uh, affect your view of... Uh I don't know, North Korea, places like Iran, and uh, those sure. are developing nuclear weapons. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, in terms of the foreign policy perspective, I think there's a tremendous amount of parallel and overlap in terms of what we've seen. Um, you know, I think my parents are obviously, you know, immigrants from South Korea, so they're able to see the, the dance that kind of occurred and were able to kind of see what, you know, Kim Jong-un was able to do and what even before that what predecessors were able to do with nuclear power basically being, or the possibility of having nuclear power, being the real only bargaining trip, chip that North Korea had. And to be able to see them use that effectively, and you saw the U.N. weapons inspectors go in and basically be fooled, um, and you recognize the critical importance of South Korea being so geographically close, you know, right past the DMZ to somebody like, you know, Kim Jong-un and this, this despot, and, um, you know, also the work camps that they have in North Korea. There's a tremendous amount of parallel. So I think from a foreign policy perspective, what you're seeing right now with Iran, you recognize that we've seen this before. Right? I think the reality is, despite a friendly tweet that may go out, you recognize that the people that control are really the Ayatollahs, and you recognize that they're... Um, is a really fundamental, important, you know, responsibility that America has and the, and, the, and the rest of the world has to really police this and make sure that we recognize the reality that sanctions work. Sanctions is what brought Iran to the table in the first place. And I think these half measures where we've been able to implement sanctions and then move back, I think are very dangerous because I think it sends the wrong message and it provides Iran with the ability to kind of have some leverage. Well, you certainly, uh, you, you sound like you mean business and we need people in government in the United States uh, who mean business, especially when it comes the foreign policy at this time. Rabbi Berg, how long do you know each other? A few hours or a few years? <laughs> well, we, we met probably about six months ago, oh, and uh, we had coffee. And uh, at the end of the coffee, I said, hey, would you like to come for Shabbos? So he came for <laughs> Friday night dinner and uh, met my family, and we, we brought him over to my shul for a chillin' cook-off, believe it or not. And uh, he got to vote for the winning chillin', which I uh, did. my son made. It's delicious. And there was no fix in there at all. <laughs> Nobody went <laughs> no, with the Korean no, influence no, no. of the chillin'? They didn't, they didn't try to cheat in that way? Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's just been such a great relationship and you know we've been we've been talking about Israel and I, I keep hearing Roy talk about it. I said you know what you, you're you give a better pitch than, than myself or anyone else but you need to go see it and uh, they agreed and here he is for 36 hours on the ground fantastic and boy can you accomplish a lot in 36 hours in Israel yes that's a lesson we learn every single trip Robert yes. Ryberg. Um, uh, Roy Cho is from Hackensack he's a corporate attorney in New York City now we know one of the reasons why you're so well-spoken corporate attorney after all 
And uh, please, God, if you win this thing in November, and I didn't know this piece of trivia, you would be the first Korean-American to serve in the United States Congress. I'd actually be the, uh, the only, but there's one, in, there's one in California. This is in the 90s. But um, so if I win, I'd be the second. Oh, you'd be the only one in this specific That's right. Congress. Exactly. Yep. And obviously the first from New Jersey. Absolutely. Uh, District five, where Roy Cho is running, includes Teaneck, Bergenfield, Fairlawn, Towns. Very, very familiar to this audience. He's in Israel for the first time. I thank you very much for joining us. Thank you so much, Malcolm. I really you. appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Uh, pleasure to meet you, uh, Rabbi Berg. Anything you want to add? Anything you want to tell the people out there? about uh, coming to Israel. We've been trying to continue this message of keeping trips on the calendar, not canceling anything, anything you could add to all that. Yeah, you have to come now. It's just, it's you know, you walk the streets here, and, and you know, we Roy and I have been talking about it since the second we hit the ground. You know, and you, you walk out in, in, in the airport, and the first thing we saw was arrows pointing to the closest bomb shelter That's in right. the airport. That's right. the so first you, sign you see. You know, first sign you see. And uh, you know what? Uh, you got to come now and, and walk the streets and, and experience it because Israel needs you. You know, they don't need you in six months from now. If God willing is quiet, they need you now, you know, to, to come down. And they also need people to advocate on the Internet and all around the world. And we should also not forget our European brethren who are experiencing tremendous anti-Semitism now, greater, you know, in France, we make up 1% of the population and 50% of the hate crimes. So we also have to remember them as well. And this is something I do with the Simon Wiesenthal Center deal with on a daily basis. A if, daily if, basis. If people want to... If people want to see how serious the situation is, read Ryer Berg's comments, and you will see just the direction that European jury is taking, and we know it's not far behind in some our, other our, areas. Our well. representative in France had his tires slashed recently. Yeah, there you go. That's just one example. Uh, Rabbi Steve Berg, I thank you. Roy Cho, I thank you. It's hour number two is complete from the Inbal Hotel, and this is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. Mm-hmm.